Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Winter is only now just under two months away and we're being warned that there's a bit of a viral superload coming our way as we head indoors and spend more time in closer contact in an attempt to shelter from the cold. If we haven't seen flu ourselves for a while, then we become a little bit more vulnerable to getting influenza and also a little bit more vulnerable to having more severe cases of influenza as well. Today, we're going to look at what winter 2022 will look like, with both COVID and colds and flu doing the rounds, and what we can do to make sure we stay as healthy as possible until that sunshine returns and we all head outside once again. If you want to look for the silver linings of the COVID-19 pandemic for Aussies, one would be the fact that it all but stopped the circulation of the flu virus. Pre-pandemic 2019 was a particularly bad year for flu here in Australia, with 313,033 reported cases and 906 deaths. The flu season started early that year too and was tracking at twice the five-yearly average before winter had even started. Back then, we spoke to Anique, who'd lost her uncle just a week after he came down with influenza A, turning off his life support when doctors told them that the man who had been healthy and happy just days before was shutting down. Friday morning, he collapsed in the bathroom. They called very early Saturday morning and said, Mark is in ICU and we need to put him on life support. Within minutes, he was on life support. And they all rushed into the room and said, his kidneys are failing. And the local doctor was in absolute shock and said, I just did a full panel of bloods two weeks ago. His kidneys were normal. By the Sunday, he started to turn blue. We just couldn't possibly fathom what we were looking at. Just a week ago, he was Uncle Mark. He was bubbly. He was bright. He was hilarious. And, and then we just looked at someone who was not with us. By Monday, we were told to come in to say our goodbyes, that he was not going to pull through no matter what they did. We made that excruciating decision to take all of the life support tubes out. He took one breath and then he was gone. He was booked in for his flu shot on the Monday and he died that Monday evening at 2am. Back then, we also spoke to Professor Kanta Subarau from the World Health Organization's Collaborating Centre for Reference and Research on Influenza, who explained why getting the yearly vaccine for the flu is so important. So the influenza vaccine is designed to cover all the strains of influenza virus that cause the illness, but they come in many different types, type A and B that cause human seasonal influenza. And within the type A and within the type B, there are two strains that are co-circulating. 
Each of them cause a clinical illness that is indistinguishable from the other. And we cannot predict ahead of time which of the four strains will circulate or dominate in any given season. So each year, the vaccine contains strains that represent all of those possibilities so that we're covered against any of them emerging. She also explained that the virus is continually changing from one year to the next, which is why the vaccine is updated each year to try and combat those mutations. And unfortunately, like COVID, when you get one strain of the flu, your immune response doesn't cover you from any of the other strains. So a vaccine is the only way to cover yourself for all of them. Professor Subrao also explained what exactly flu can do to your body. So the influenza virus actually infects the cells that line our respiratory tract, so all the way from the nose down to the lungs. And when the virus actually infects these cells, the virus replicates, makes hundreds and millions of copies of itself. And in the process, it damages the cells. These cells lining our airways have hair-like protections called cilia that actually help clear mucus and clear anything that we inhale and clear bacteria. So when these cells are infected by influenza viruses and die, a lot of those cells that actually protect our airways are shed because they're killed by the virus. It takes several days to weeks for them to regenerate and recover. So during that period, people develop bronchitis, they can develop a secondary bacterial infection, and of course they have the local symptoms that are associated with flu. When the COVID pandemic arrived and we started to isolate and social distance, wear masks and sanitise our hands, the flu virus didn't have the constant stream of available hosts to jump to. In the 2020 flu season, the National Notifiable Disease Surveillance System recorded 21,266 flu cases, compared to the more than 300,000 the year before. In 2021, the Australian Influenza Surveillance Report, published at the end of November, showed that there'd been just 598 cases of the flu in Australia last year, and no deaths. But that was before we started to get back out and about, before we ditched our masks and hand sanitizer, before we headed back to school in the office. So could that mean that we're in for a major spike in flu cases this year, coinciding with the ongoing COVID pandemic? Last week, Professor Peter Collignon, an infectious disease expert from the Australian National University, said that while we are expecting an uptick in flu cases this winter, the surge may still be delayed until 2023 if we compare the recent experience of those in the Northern Hemisphere. But Professor Ian Barr, the Deputy Director of the WHO's Collaborating Centre for Reference and Research on Influenza, says we've already seen a huge jump in cases in March, 409 compared to just 598 for the entirety of 2021. So who's right? Dr. Brad Mackay is a science communicator, TV host, author and podcaster who works as a GP in Sydney. He's also the author of Fake Medicine, exposing the wellness crazes, cons and quacks costing us our health. Doctor, we're hearing two different versions of what this flu season might look like. What do you think is going to happen? What have you been seeing in your office so far? Well, so far in the office, I haven't seen that many cases of influenza at all. That's my experience so far. So we have to really look at the national figures and and see what's happening globally. Last year, we had about 
600 cases that were documented over the entire country for a 12-month period. So already in April, we're up to about the same amount of cases, so about 600, already equal to last year, and we've got a long way to go. So still the whole of winter and the, the rest of the year. So what do I think will happen? I think the difference that we have in Australia compared to a lot of other places around the world is that we have been blocked off from everybody else. We haven't had massive flu cases circulating, whereas overseas, yeah, they've had COVID circulating, they've also had flu. And so what happens is that our immunity starts to wane a little bit. If we haven't seen flu ourselves for a while, then we become a little bit more vulnerable to to getting influenza and also a little bit more vulnerable to having more severe cases of influenza as well. We are trying to make sure that everybody who we can gets vaccinated against influenza before we see those case numbers really starting to rise. The other thing about flu is that people just didn't get vaccinated all that much over the last couple of years. So that's why we're sort of seeing it on every fence post and every bus stop that you need to be immunised. I think people just can't be bothered and they don't see flu as being a threat compared to COVID because we've talked so much about COVID. And I think even talking about this on podcasts, it's really hard to break through that flu is still an issue and that we still need to protect people against multiple diseases. So that is something that a lot of people have been speculating about, whether not being exposed to all these other bugs that normally do the rounds every year, does that actually make us more vulnerable? Are we a little bit more sitting duck now because we've been so separated and sterilised for a while now? Yeah, it's sort of been a bit of a a running joke in general practice world for a while. We would always find that when we moved around placements as a GP registrar, that we would get sick for about six months at a new location, at a new clinic. We'd always have a head cold of some description, and then that would just sort of like peter out and then would be fine. Our speculation was that we would just be exposed to a whole lot of new bugs around a, a different locality, a different district, and we would become a little bit more immune to it as time went on. So this is really what we're seeing on a massive scale here. So if you don't have a slow but steady exposure to a whole bunch of different viruses, then, yeah, your immunity does start to wane from them. It does mean that if uh, if adults or, or kids are exposed to things like respiratory syncytial virus or adenovirus and haven't seen that for a while, the body takes a little bit more time for the immune system to, to crank up and start to protect against it. For kids sort of under the age of two, they really haven't been exposed to that much until uh, all, all of their, their siblings have gone back to school recently. So kids, particularly if they haven't been immunized against influenza or they haven't seen influenza at all, they'd be quite susceptible to it. Kids under five are eligible for the flu vaccine. So you need two influenza vaccines given a few weeks apart. If they haven't seen it before, that's free through the government program. Other than getting a PCR test or a RAD, are there any telltale signs that you've got the flu and not COVID? Well, COVID sort of affects people very, very differently. So I myself did not have a runny nose at all. I felt a little bit of chest tightness and a little bit short of breath. But yeah, really no like nasal symptoms at all. I could breathe fine. Whereas when I've had the flu before, I needed a packet of tissues beside me and would just go through a packet of tissues a day just with so much snot that it was unbelievable. So certainly there is a bit of a difference in in how people experience it. You could still get that nasal congestion with COVID, it's much more likely to be uh, to be that if you've got flu. 
we all want to know how COVID and the flu go together. Can you get it at the same time? And would having it at the same time make either one of them a worse experience? Yeah, everyone's talking about Florona at the moment. So a combination of having the influenza infection at the same time as having COVID. It's very rare for that to happen. So you've got to be in the right place at the right time to get both infections at once. The problem is that if your body is trying to fight off both viruses at once, and they're both pretty horrible viruses, that, yeah, you're just being pummeled in both directions. We do know from figures overseas that there is a higher risk if people are hospitalized with this infection, that if they have both conditions, that their chance of death in hospital doubles. So again, very unlikely to get it. But yeah, it can be disastrous when it happens. When we do get the flu, because quite often we don't get a test to prove that we have the flu or not. But if we are experiencing symptoms, what is the best way to treat it? Is there anything we can take or is it all just about rest and fluids? So at this point of time, like we're starting to get a a few sort of antiviral drugs for COVID coming out, which is fine. For influenza, the antivirals that we've had so far haven't been brilliant. So we don't use them routinely in Australia. So unless you're going into hospital and in intensive care, you probably wouldn't be getting them. And that's a bit of a desperate measure when we do bring them out. Otherwise, it is sort of symptomatic treatment. So if you normally get asthma and then that's exacerbating, make sure that you're having your puffers regularly. Yeah, otherwise it's sort of paracetamol, anti-inflammatory tablets, lots of rest and chicken soup and basically getting some medical care if you're getting worse. With winter on the way and borders reopened, flu cases will start to spread again. And we need to remember that while the flu doesn't always take as many lives as COVID has done in the past few years, it is still a threat to your health that needs to be taken seriously. For Anique and her family... Each flu season will be a reminder of just how serious it is. I can't stress enough how deadly this thing is and it's absolutely relentless. I shudder to think what it could do to people that are young or vulnerable. If you want more information on getting your flu vaccine or if you're struggling with what you think might be influenza, make sure you check in with your GP. This episode of The Quickie was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Jacob Round. Have you got your own business? Or maybe you've always wanted to start one but don't know how? Well, Mamma Mia's newest podcast, Ladies Startup Academy, is here to help. Join CEO and co-founder of Hero Packaging, Anita Sakar, for a 10-minute business class that'll give you everything you need to know to grow your business fast. When I started my first business back in 2016, I thought it was just about getting a product and selling a product. I had no idea that I also needed to be the marketer, the sales staff, the accountant, operations manager, and head of admin. As I scaled that business, every single part of that business took more time. For example, as I grew, the time spent packaging orders and printing shipping labels and running to the post office to drop off the packages and all of the other steps increased a lot. While it seemed like a great problem to have at the time, I was really losing that balance with my personal life. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.